the meta, and welcome to Pokey Rogue TCG, your place for rogue decks, news, and acting like a dick. My name is Nick, and with me is my co-host, Austin. Let's get into our first episode. First episode? First episode of season two. Yeah, there's several reasons for this, and mostly <laughs> because we started losing count. <laughs> <laughs> Like the last three episodes, I think we've said wrong numbers. I don't, I don't know what it is anymore. I don't know. I don't know what it was. There's, you know, a lot of things that probably contributed to that, but <laughs> it just gets hard after a while, you know. Yeah. So, how was the backpacking through Europe, Austin? I, I had we, an eventful time. I had a really nice time, man. Um, it was definitely what I needed to get back on track. So. <laughs> If you guys missed us last week, it's because even though we did not post one week, there was a week we didn't post something. We have like recorded an episode for fucking 56 weeks straight. And we were finally like, you know what, man? Like, yeah, I'll take a week off. I don't think we ever had a week, a week off. And we're like, you know, most people, they take weeks off here and there and they just take yeah. it, you know? Yeah. And Austin's like, we're not most people. We got to post something. Yeah. <laughs> so then I feel like we spent like, more time preparing our like three minute long <laughs> <laughs> week off clip. <laughs> oh, well, it was fun, though. And I think that's, uh, <laughs> you know, that's what we needed. So, yeah, there you go. So we don't just leave you guys in the dark. We like to just confuse the hell out of you. <laughs> we wanted people to think, are they gone? Are they leaving? What's happening? You know, and then yeah, and then just, the ambiguous like no posts, not responding to people. Yeah, it was all part of it. Yeah, all part of it. And then boom, new season. I actually was back. I actually did some backpacking though. Like I did post a photo. I was I was actually yeah. out in in the woods backpacking. So nice. I'm partially honest here. It was nice, man. It was I, like a nice rain coming down. Like mm -hmm. a it was cool weather, like in the 70s with that nice rainfall. But you're like covered kind of by the canopy of the forest mm -hmm. i love that i love hiking that environment yeah no i went out my and my family we went out to saint genevieve missouri how was nice that trip there it was awesome man yeah i love the place yeah so very nice just kind of said fuck it to my responsibilities packed up the girls yeah and my oldest daughter was pissed off and cried almost the entire way there so it's like driving to st louis and then a little bit south it was pretty awful getting there but we woke up in the place that we wanted to be and had a great day so yeah glad we went awesome man it's good it's good to take that time it was nice for us to have our week off but a lot of shit has happened in the world of pokemon because we are in not only a brand new season of pokey rogue but a brand new season of pokemon the trading card game the thing that we play Exactly. We were waiting and waiting and waiting for rotation to happen to finally make this swap. And then all of a sudden it was like, hey, man, do you know what the meta is? And I was like, no. And you're like, oh, I don't know what it is. And we're like, well, shit, I guess it's a new <laughs> I guess it's a new rotation. And um, a lot of that came about with all these new decks from Lost Origin. And we'll talk right. more about that. later. Well, we so. didn't get a rotation, but Pokemon announced the new season. So, you know, you figure we oh, might yeah, as well, we might as well align the Pokey Rogue season 
with the Pokemon season since they gypped us a rotation, but it feels like a whole new meta after Lost Origin. So we'll get into right. that as we as we talk about that tonight. But man, for now, I think it's time to go rogue. That's not the theme. I went rogue. I just had no hope. I really had to let shit go. Had to rise. I won't boast till I find my pot of gold. There's one thing I can promise you in season two is that I'm still gonna click the wrong buttons. Yeah. That's so, what, yeah. Some things will never change, and that is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, so today's rogue deck is a new version of an Inteleon box. This isn't the Inteleon Radiant Zard box that we featured weeks ago because this has evolved into something new. I've seen a deck similar to this in a recent tournament. It did well. I took it, kind of messed around with it a little bit, and I've been playing it. And it's a pretty neat deck. I'm just going to call it like an Inteleon box. It's rogue because the people playing these right now is like 1% in any given tournament. It's such a small percent. Most Inteleon box, baby Inteleon box decks have disappeared after the rotation because people got all these new favorite single prize decks. But this one is different than the past ones. This one isn't relying on all these single prizers. This one is just giving a lot of Pokemon the hit for weakness and take down the bulk of the meta. It's got like an answer for everything. I've been playing it on the ladder, been sitting around 65 to 70% win rate with it. So I like it. It's got an answer. So what we got going on here is we got one Snorlax with the vivid, the vivid voltage Snorlax that you can use the ability to draw up until you have seven cards in hand and then your turn ends. We got one copy of this new Drapion V, which has that awesome ability where the attack costs one colorless less for each of their fusion strikes, single strike, or rapid strike Pokemon in play. It's just a Mew killer. It has a shot that for no energy, just one shots Mew VMAX. So that's why that's in here. We got one copy of Galarian Zapdos V, which is our Arceus killer. Also, Hisuian Zorart killer. So two major decks right now that Galarian Zapdos V one shots and that's another one where the cost of the attack is one colorless less for each V in play so another one that the attacks get cheap as they play more V's we got a copy of Radiant Charizard because it's just too good not to have a single prizer that can hit for 250 late game for one energy Another great card with a similar theme here. An ability that costs one colorless less for each prize card they've taken. So you're seeing how all of these are following the same theme. We have one mm -hmm. copy of Raikou V. Raikou V basically doing the same thing as Suicune V or Palkia. 20 plus 20 more for each Pokemon on the bench. Lightning Pokemon one shots anyone playing the Palkias. So that's always nice. We got Celebrations Mew with that ability. With it's in the active, you can look at the top six cards, take an item. One copy of Ice Skew with the block face that when it uses it atta its attack, the basic Pokemon cannot attack it next turn or damage it rather. They could attack, but no damage being done to Ice Skew. That's going to be in there to handle a lot of these single prize decks like Cramorant, Lost Zone Cramorant running around. 
one copy of Manaphy to protect your bench, four Sobble, three Drizzile, two Inteleon with the Sword and, sword and Shield Inteleon. So those are our Pokemon. dealings. Yeah, Shady Dealing. So here's our Pokemon lineup. The real goal here is that you have an answer for Palkia, Arceus, Hisuian, Zorark. You have Charizard to hit lots of decks late game. You got uh, Drapion to hit the Muse. All the bulk of the meta, pretty much, with the exception of, say, Lost Origins, uh, Giratina V, V-Star. That's the only one you don't have like an immediate weakness hit. However, you still got lots of good answers though because Radiant Charizard can one-shot him. Um, and then your other stuff is two-shotting anyways. So you'll get to a point where you can just Radiant Zard to take out that deck anyways. So you're still in a good well, place. And that's because Pokemon got rid of Fairy and didn't want to make Dragon. Right. <laughs> Besides yeah, that, sure. our trainers, we got two Magma Basin. We're using that to accelerate that fire energy onto the Zard to get that, you know, two energy attachment in a turn and start swinging with that if you need to. One energy retrieval to get some of these energy back. Three Quick Ball, three Evolution Incense, two Raihan, because things are going to get knocked out, and this will grab that one copy of an energy that you need, because you're going to need one Fighting Energy for Zapdos. You're going to need one Fire for Zard, one Lightning for Raikou, so, you know, you got a bunch of different energies, but you're going to get them back from the discard over and over again with Raihan. So we got that. We got one air balloon. Put that on your celebrations. Mew, you know, keep that guy in the active as your nice pivot. You get an item. You got the Mew. It all works out. Four cross switcher because we are playing the shady dealings in Teleon that could grab two of them at once or one missing piece to give you that free gust plus a supporter in a turn. So those are always nice. Two choice bells so we can boost that Zard damage up to 280. Also getting anyone else we need to get up a little bit. You know, maybe you need to get your Raikou up just a little bit more. Maybe the benches are currently full and you're hitting for 220. Maybe you need a 250. I don't know, but you got it. You got it in there. Besides that, we got two Clara. That way we can recycle some of these Pokemon that we need. Like if, I, if I'm playing Palkia, all I want to use against Palkia all game is Raikou. That's it, right? So I'm gonna mm -hmm. I'm gonna go and swing with Raikou, and if they knock out Raikou, I'm gonna use my Kalara to grab my one Lightning Energy back, you know, and get that guy back out there for some future use. Or I'm gonna use Kalara to get the Charizard back multiple times at the end of the game. Lots of benefits there. Four level ball, because of course we're playing shady dealings. Why would we not have level balls? Four scoop up nets. We're gonna need to do a lot of scooping here of these different Inteleon pieces, Drizzile pieces, all of that, Muse, Ice Cues, whatever's out there. We got a lot of stuff to scoop up. One Hisuian heavy ball in case one of these key pieces is in the prizes because we only play one ofs. So we do have that Hisuian heavy ball. Hopefully your, your heavy ball and your necessary pieces in prize because then you are shit out of luck. But you'll use something else because you got you got lots of Pokemon that can swing. You'll get some prizes. Three, Irida, because if you're playing Shady Dealings right now, Irida gets you a Shady Dealings piece plus an item card. That's pretty rad. Besides that, one copy of Ordinary Rod to get some key energy back, as well as shuffle some of those key Pokemon back in the deck. Once again, getting things like Drapion V. Man, I've played a couple matches against Mew, and Mew is just so helpless against Drapion. Because you attack the Mew, they knock you out. You just shuffle it back in the deck and grab it with Shady Dealings, 
and then it's over. You don't have to put energy on it. You just keep winning. <laughs> Like, I, I hit him three times with Drapion V. I knocked out a Mew VMAX, followed by, I think, a Mew V, and then uh, another Mew at the end. So it was a great match of just three Drapion Vs to take the game. It's so easy to get him back with all these options like Clara, Ordinary Rod. I love it. Besides that, energy-wise, we got two Water Energy, two Lightning Energy, one Fighting Energy, one Twin Energy, so we can get to that Zard a little faster. And two fire energy. So, have you pulled off a? They knock you out. They knock out your. They knock out your Raikou V. Mm -hmm. You play ordinary rod, then quick ball to. So you play ordinary rod, put the Raikou V back into the deck, play quick ball, get it onto the bench, and then right hand onto it to get the energy. Set ordinary rod that. it back in, and then right hand it. Yeah. Yes, I yeah. have done that before. Yeah. Okay, that, that's, that. that's one of the positive things about the ordinary, right? Because yeah. if you're using Clara, you're not getting to pull that off. But with that yeah. ordinary rod, and it's just, it's so accessible because there's not that much you need to use your shady dealings for other than recycling Pokemon back in. This isn't like a deck where we're trying to like, we're not doing a lot of disruption to our opponent, right? Like I'm not, I'm not really worrying about path to the peak and things like that. I'm, I'm just kind of focusing on getting what I need out to attack each turn. That's my whole mm -hmm. goal with shady dealings. And if I have access to like Inteleon and then I can scoop it up and play it again, I could possibly grab four key pieces. Like you're gonna get the scoop up nets. You're gonna get the ordinary rod. Maybe you just need the energy back. You're gonna grab the energy retrieval. Yeah, I like it. And so what else I like about it, too, is like, yeah, you want to be hitting for the weakness for those big one-hit KOs, but also, you know, like, you can play a two-shot game because, you know, Galarian Zapdos is a viable attacker, even if it doesn't hit weakness. Everything right. on here, like, I can't think of anything that wouldn't two-shot in combination with each other without weakness, and then you just bring in your weakness for your closing attacks. So exactly. Like and, you know, like, Drapion V was over... I think people underestimated this card because it's not just a Mew Killer. It's Single Strike mm -hmm. and it's also Rapid Strike. Yeah. So as we start seeing Rapid Strike Pokemon, you know, we're going to see this, you know, it, it can make some benefits there as well. Like we're seeing a resurgence a little bit of Rapid Strike Urshifu. Right, and I even asked you that last night when we were talking about the current state of the meta. You're like, there's so many single prizes running around. I'm like, well... Has Rapid Strike Urshifu come back around and, you know? Yeah, I've so, seen yeah. a little bit of it making its making its comeback because of that. Rearing its ugly head. Yeah, man. and it's great because it doesn't say, like, it's one colorless less. I want to point this out. It's not one colorless less for each, like, rule box or V Pokemon. It's one colorless less for each of those types of Pokemon. So even if mm -hmm. they have Rapid Strike Sobble on the bench, Rapid Strike Inteleon, the quick shooter on yep. the bench you're getting Artillery. to use that for drapion too and drapion swings for 190 damage that's not a low number because you could put a choice belt on that and swing for 220 you can one shot crobat v you know mm -hmm. luminion v it's a solid card so as long as they're playing any of those archetypes like that becomes viable yeah certainly I like it. It does. It does look a lot different, and does I bet does like you said feels a lot different than the previous uh, Intellion boxes that we've seen. Just because it's like 
no, it's like, no, I'm just going to two shot everything. It's like, no, I'm going to one shot some shit. Yeah. You know? And the I, most relevant things that we're seeing right now. What, what definitely changed because when I came back to playing this last week, you know, the whole meta had shifted and I was still, I was feeling like, you know what? I, maybe I'd play my, my, uh, Intellion box that I had created, you know, three weeks back. I was like, maybe I could play that in Peoria. So I started playing mm -hmm. that original deck list online and it flops now. It actually just won, I believe, Baltimore, but that was old meta. So in the new meta with the Cramorants out everywhere, the Rapid, uh, the not Rapid Strike, but the Intellion box deck from four weeks ago that only played single prizers is flopping in that matchup. So this is the evolution of that deck to face the current meta. And I have seen the mm -hmm. people are starting to realize the shift. I saw one player playing this list, uh, almost identical to this list, and he took a top 16 recently with it in a tournament, predominantly all new meta. So, you know, this has got a place in it. It didn't win that tournament, but was a top 16 out of almost 300 players. And and it was the only one of this deck played in this style with you know with this Radiant Zard, Raikou, Galarian Zapdos V, Drapion V. It was the only one like this. So I think yeah, this is where is that deck's gonna go. Of the old style. The old style. The old the old, old style, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so and now the hardest thing is still your Cramorant matches. Like Ice Q is an answer to that match because they are basics. So that could work there. However, it still can be a pain because once they get enough things in the Lost Zone, they can start using Sableye. Mm -hmm. And Sableye drops damage counters, which gets around the Ice Skew. So the real goal there is by the... Hopefully the Ice Skew has forced them into a position where maybe they're, you're three prizes ahead or something once they start getting mm -hmm. that Sableye out. You know, hopefully you've you've got a little bit of lead, at least a couple prize lead, and then they can start trying to use their Sableye. Yeah, because you don't really have room for the um, energy-wise for the Rapid Strike and Polyon to be... Right. And even the, that, yeah, I the, mean... That's kind of a good answer. Even with the Rapid Strike and Polyon V, I'll say this, like, it's risking two prizes... And Sableye will two-shot it anyways. Yeah. Sableye's still going to kill it, you know? Yeah. So even it there... Down, it slows down Cramorant, though. Yeah, it, it gives you a better fight against the Cramorant to get you to like a 50-50 spot instead of mm -hmm. being in a terrible spot like the previous Inteleon box was in. Now, having things yeah. like Raikou is still good in there because Raikou just obliter obliterates Cramorants for the weakness. You don't got to have much on your bench. They got to still two-shot the Raikou. So depending on who swings first, you know, you could be trading back and forth, and that's fine too. Yeah. So it is definitely a decent matchup still. But I really like it. You know, I think it's it's got answers to everything. It lets you play. You have some matches that are more challenging, but you definitely have answers to pretty much everything. I mean, the Ice Q also is your answer to um, Reggie's, and we're seeing a little bit of a resurgence of Reggie right now, so... Ice Q gives you something there also. And I only see one lost. I only see one new card. And that's the Drapion V. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, not I mean, not it's, using a lot of new stuff. It's just a very new way of playing, especially with the four cross switchers. Yeah, yeah. No bosses. I like that. I like to see that. Yep. Yeah. 
I like it, dude. It's pretty cool. I've had fun playing with it. I'll have to pre- play with it some more and uh, compare it to like my YouTube V union as I decide what I'm going to play at Peoria. But I would say right now it's in my by my top two. That in YouTube nice. V union as I decide what I'm going to play at Peoria. Nice, man. Well, cool, dude. I think it's time to get into our next segment. What the fuck is that Pokemon? Who's that Pokemon? What the fuck is that? Okay, man. What the All fuck right, is that? So I want to take this opportunity, new season, to just really hash into my least favorite Pokemon. And this comes from when I played my first Pokemon game, which was Pokemon Emerald. I think I stole it from a kid. I'm just kidding. I didn't steal it from a kid. But I was playing through it, and I just fucking hated this Pokemon, man. Like every time I saw it, it it just made me cringe. It pissed me off. And just made me want to fuck it up even more, man. <laughs> and so much so as a young kid, like I would not go to the areas. I would not revisit the areas where this Pokemon appeared as a wild mm. encounter or it's, or it's pre-evolution. So, yeah. So I just, I just love this Pokemon. So we're going to be talking about Harry Mama or Hymen Ama. Or that's what I thought it was called when I was trying to search it. I didn't even bother learning its name. The Harry so Yama? Like, Harry Yama. <laughs> Harry uh, Mama. Call it Her- Harry Hyman Mama. Mama. <laughs> Mama. So I literally thought it had Hyman in its name. And that's yeah. that goes to show how much you know effort I've given into this Pokemon and learning <laughs> about it. So anyway, it took me a little bit to actually find it. I just I, I searched sumo wrestler fighting Pokemon, and that's what that was what got me the yeah. finally got a hit. So anyway, Harry Yama. It's a fucking, it came out in that generation. I love that generation. It's my first generation. But you know, with ever that, there's always that redhead stepchild. And Harry Mama is that it, is that Pokemon. So let's describe this bitch real quick. I hate this Pokemon, man. So let's just get through this. <laughs> Harry Yama is a large, bulky Pokemon that is modeled after a sumo wrestler, you know, because they're running out of ideas around this time, I guess has narrow eyes and rounded ears. So guys, it doesn't only have rounded ears. And the pictures I've given you, Nick, aren't really the best examples. It has weird tubular like tubular ears. Like yeah, I can't really see them in these card horns. examples, but they're they're awful. Like they're front facing. Look at it. And they're like tubes. It's 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 so dumb. It's so dumb. And anyway, on his head it has a short triangle crest, dark blue hair that grows across the tops of his eyes. Round around the head crest. Basically, guys, this is a like weird dick-shaped thing with dark blue eyebrows <laughs> that grow around its head. It has like a weird ponytail with tubular ears that looks like a sumo wrestler. I'm not even gonna read the full description because it's not worth anyone's times. It's not, it's just not. It has these big orange hands, these big orange feet. And if you go and look at any of the Pokedex entries, it's like it stomps around, or you know, it can it can you know open palm other things like it just talks about its sheer strength it's not fat it's filled with muscle you know that's what people say about sumo yeah. wrestlers granted one could kick my ass but it's a dumb pokemon and i'm not <laughs> gonna read it. it's basic at like this is way too long of a description to basically just say it looks like a it looks like a, a sumo wrestler it's a thick boy but anyway <laughs> what i do want to mention though is what it was notable about it is hariyama in its pre-evolved form makukuda Makukuda is the only known Pokemon of learning the move Smelling Salts. 
So this is the only Pokemon. It's pre-evolution <laughs> is the only one that does drugs. Like, I mean, I've just got to say that's the only notable thing. So, and not only that, but Makuta, which is just associated with it, it's slightly better, but still a piece of shit. Just looks like Oogie Boogie from the Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're so, poor Oogie Boogie, man. Oogie Boogie looks much cooler than than this Makuta? Pokemon. Oogie Boogie's Makuta's... Maku. Yeah. Mokuhita. I think it's Mokuhita. Doesn't I... fucking matter, man. Anyways, yeah, I can see some of that resemblance, but but no, man. Oogie Boogie is a much better character. This thing just oh, yeah, looks. This thing looks terrible, dude. It's just dumb. Both evolutions are dumb. And the most, like I said, the most notable thing is it knows smelling salts. Like, that's, that's, that's fucking weird. You know, why, why mention that? Why does, why does that have to be known? <laughs> I hate this Pokemon, man. It just pissed me off. I didn't even bother catching it. I just fucking killed all of these things. Or I would just, yeah. you know, start running away from them, not even giving them the satisfaction of getting a hit on me. Like yeah, I would too, dude. Happen. I I would not want this thing anywhere near me. What did po- so anyway. what was Pokemon thinking? Like they looked at they went to a sumo wrestling match. They saw some yeah. some sweaty men wearing thongs with their asses showing, nice, you know, bending over. You got full yeah. cornhole view, and they said, "You know what? This makes me think of a Pokemon." Exactly. You know what? And because, you know, Pokemon is Japanese, you know, sumo wrestling is Japanese. So it's like we can get away with this, you know? It's cool. It's okay. It's okay that we do this. So anyway, I hope sumo wrestling is exclusively Japanese. Is it? And I'm sure someone in the United States is probably doing it. Well, of course. I know that, but like <laughs> the origins, or is it China? I doubt it's Chinese. I don't even know. You find obscure. You gotta find obscure sports and be the best at them in the U.S. That's that's yeah. what you do. Be the best in the United States. You gotta anyway, be the best there ever was. You know, Japanese has a really crazy baseball scene. Yeah, I've heard that Japan before. Does. Yeah, 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 pretty crazy. But anyway, this is a Pokemon trading card game podcast. So let's talk about a couple of the new cards that have come out. All the older cards are shit. So as we said before, this is a hazard evolution. So these have to be a stage one. And keep that in mind as we read these cards. Like they're stage one. You have to evolve okay. into these pieces of shit cards. All right. Yep. So we have two here. We have one from Fusion Strike and another one that came out in Lost Origin. Both have 140 HP. Okay. So let's talk about the one in Fusion Strike. It's a single strike Pokemon. So you can, you know, take advantage of the single strike energy and all that shit. Has an ability called Guts. This is a stage one Pokemon, by the way, guys. Don't forget that. If this Pokemon would have been knocked out by damage from an attack, flip a coin. If hits, the Pokemon is not knocked out and its remaining HP becomes 10. So it's a shitty version of the ones where it's like flip it, you know, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's the yeah, ones yeah. where like you flip a coin and they take no damage. It's a much shittier version of that because even if they don't knock it out, you just ping it. You know, and I know we're yeah. kind of moved away from a format where pinging is not that big of a deal. But now we've got Sableye. That's kind of more of our spread. But yeah. you know, there's still, still we still, still got quick shooting. We still see some zigzagoons in decks. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it that's not even a response. But it's okay, guys, because for fighting in two colorless energy, it does a hundred damage. I mean 
Not a big, you know, that's pretty I mean, crazy. Hey, because for, once, for weakness, you can just miss knocking out an Arceus. Well, no, but you're going to be playing single strike, right? So you're going to have you're going to have okay. to use Houndoom just to get the fucking energy on this thing, you yeah. know. So not just, you know, you could put fucking twin energy on there, but at that point, you're defeating the purpose. So I mean, you'd be knocking out an Arceus for sure, without a doubt. But let's talk about the one from Lost Order and the newest one. I don't know why they're continuing mm. to print these cards. They printed some out like in Furious Fist that I remember, but that was literally a set that was so dedicated to fighting Pokemon. But anyway, Hariyama from Lost Origins has an attack for fighting in the colorless. Stage one, guys, remember, does 40 damage. And flip a coin. If you get heads, your opponent's Pokemon is now paralyzed. There's so much switch going on, like this doesn't yeah. fucking matter right now. It's second attack, you know, for a fighting and two colorless energy. So you do 100 again. That's pretty cool. But guess what? This damage, don't worry about a resistance because it's going to get through it because it's not affected by resistance. <laughs> what the fuck? This shit cards. These are just these are just fillers, you know? And the worst part is it's a stage one, so they're putting fucking Makunas in there. I'm not even going to look at what that shit does. But the retreat cost on these things, and we'll just fucking end this segment because I'm tired of talking about this guy. The one from fucking Furious fucking Fusion Strike that introduced Mew, you know, we can't forget that. Yeah. Four retreat cost. Why That's the fuck crazy. do you want four retreat cost? <laughs> uh, and then the other one, the fucking Lost Origin one that you no one's going to play. And if you do, shame on you. <laughs> Has three retreat cost. So let's just fucking, just, let's just keep moving, man. I hate this Pokemon. Okay, dude. Yeah, I'm done with it. Let's get into some fuck the meta. Good morning, you too. Morning. Got your results back. And, uh, uh, I'm sorry, but the test was positive. You're a basic bitch. Doctor, there has to be a mistake. Well, unfortunately, no. Your uh, symptoms are completely in line with other basic bitches. You're into scented candles, you order your bagel scooped, and then you own a picture frame that says family on it. It's my fault she's a basic bitch. I gave you that friend's box set for Christmas. Mm. Actually, she's been basic for quite some time now. Lucy, do you have any idea when maybe you first came in contact with all this basic shit? Okay, man, so it's time for a segment <laughs> called Fuck the Meta. You know, that's our thing here. So it's important to know what's actually being played so we know what we're not allowed to play. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't even need to counter. We're not even good enough to counter it at this point, but we just need to know it's off limits and we can talk shit on anyone that plays. <laughs> so if you're playing a deck that we're about to mention, I hate to tell you. But the you're playing the meta. Yeah, uh, it has to come back and you're a basic bitch. <laughs> Right, right. So, right, that's our whole point, right? We're trying to find things that aren't laid out for us by Pokemon, you know, to counter the meta. So I took a look at a few of the most recent big tournaments. Both of these are late night series, both uh, like one day after each other this past mm -hmm. week as Lost Origin has had a chance to kind of, you know, develop. And what I wanted to see is... Of the meta share being played, what success, what percent success are some of these new decks actually seeing in tournament play? Because when I started playing again after a week or so of Lost Origin, I came back to realize that like every deck in tournaments was now Lost Origin. There was so few of older decks and I was going through my head like, 
well, are they actually good or are people just playing with the shiny new toy? Because that is something that people do in Pokemon, right? We get new decks out. They they understand that the online environment is still a fairly low stress, you know, not huge stakes. If you don't win, whatever, you can just X out and join another one. Obviously, you want to win. You want to be that PTCGO professional. Get those code cards so you could take your significant other out <laughs> for some some McDonald's or something. But this is what I saw. So here I'm looking at first uh, late late night 58. This is the most recent tournament we had. And here's the top 16. Top 16. We have a Lost Origin, a Comfy Cram deck, a Palkia Inteleon, a Mew, a Comfy Cram, Comfy Cram, Comfy Cram, Palkia Inteleon, Mew, Giratina, Mew, Giratina Arceus, Mew, a Shadow Rider. Congrats to that one player who played Shadow Rider that did very good in top 16. That was Rogue. Hisurian, Zorog, Giratina, and Palkia Inteleon. Not a lot of diversity there. So what that actually comes down to is in our top, we had four Cramorant Comfies, two Palkia Inteleons, this is our top 16, four Mew VMAX, three Giratina, and one Hisurian Zorark, and then we had that Shadow Rider thrown in there. But I'm not even going to mention that because they didn't make up the meta share. So, where do these numbers translate to? Well, what I wanted to know is, okay, so four comfy Cramorants were made at the top 16. Right away, when a single prize deck has four of the top 16, I'm wondering, is this deck really fucking good? Like, what percentage of people playing this deck are making this kind of success. And what I discovered when I looked at the data for the meta share of that tournament is Comfy Cram was actually the number one played deck in the entire tournament. 67 people played Comfy Cramorant. So yes, four of them did make top 16. However, 67 of them were played. That translates to just under 6% of the people who played them made it to top 16. Not a bad number, but when we compare it to some of our other numbers, there's the better contender here. Next up, we had Palkia and Teleon. Palkia and Teleon, two made top 16, but 40 people played it, so still a decent amount of the meta share, but that translates to 5% of Palkia and Teleon players made it. Next up, we had Mew VMAX. This is actually, or was, the number one successful deck. So I know some people were like, maybe I don't need to play Drapion V. Maybe Drapion V is not necessary because Mew is kind of irrelevant. No, Mew is more relevant now than ever. And in all of these large tournaments, Mew is seeing the best success in terms of how many people are playing Mew and how many Mew are doing well. Mew had four of them make it to top 16 and 41 people play it. So Mew sat at 9.75% of people that played a Mew made it all the way to top 16. There's a lot that made it close to it. But, you know, Mm -hmm. nearly one in 10 Mew players got all the way to the end. So basically, you know you're going to see a Mew in in the top tables of Swiss towards the end of Swiss. You got it, right, because these numbers are showing. Like, Mew is getting close to this 10%. Like, that's great. 
Yeah. Cram, yeah, Cram had a lot up there, four of them. However, there were so many Crams that flopped along the way that did not have this success. So, you know, maybe you're that one Cram player who did. Maybe the, or the four, one of those four. Besides that, Giratina variants. Three people made, playing a Giratina variant made it to the top 16, but 50 people played that new shiny toy, so that's like 6%. And Hisuian Zoroark, one person made it to the top, 27 people played it. So yeah, one made top 16, it might make you think that this deck is super good, but 27 people played it and they did not make top 16, so that's at a 3.7% success rate of making it to the top. So basically, ah, Hisuian Zoroark made it to top, you know, 16. Oh, awesome. 26 people did not. 26 people fucked up. Exactly. So the whole point of all of this is really just kind of wrapping our heads around like the new shiny toy versus tried and true good decks. Mew is a tried and true good deck still, and it is a good deck against what's being played. It's a great deck against Cram and Comfey. If everyone keeps playing those, that's great for Mew because Mew can hit them. You can, you know, jump back, psychic leap back into the deck before they ever get their knockouts. Like they got lots of answers to this. I mean, looking at the actual meta share, some of the decks that didn't do so good that have been everywhere, Palkia, Kyurum, I think it's pronounced, Kyurum? Kyurum. Kyurum. No, I always say Kyurum, but I heard someone say Kyurum on another podcast, and they said that's the correct way. I don't know. Anyways. Look, hey, are we other podcasts? No. Are we other fuck- no, we said whatever the fuck we want. Kyurum. Kyurum. Right. Anyways, Kyrum had 57 people play it. It was the second most played deck, but none of them made it to top 16, and its win percentage was 47.8. 47.87, I thought I'd give it all of it. So under 50%, a lot of people not doing well with that deck, even though it was heavily played. So maybe that deck's not the best way. Maybe you should go and play just regular Palkia, Inteleon, if you're gonna play, because here's Palkia Inteleon now, right? Palkia Inteleon had 40 people play it, and the win percentage was 46, sorry, 56.77. That's like the highest win percentage deck in the tournament. If you want to have success playing a deck, Palkia Inteleon is your good middle of the row. Like, if you're a good player, you're probably going to play that and do pretty well. Mew is your high roll that a decent amount will make the very top and a decent amount will still just do good in general. And then we have some of these new ones. These new decks seem to be kind of hit or miss. Giratina averaging out at 48%. You know, a lot of these new ones, Historian Zorark sitting averaging at 50. Yeah, man, the Gudras sitting at 50% average. Yeah, nothing yeah. else crazy there. RC is still sitting around 50, like RCS Pikachu's, but no one making top 16 with it. You know what's concerning is Calyrex Palkia, or Ice Rider, with a little bit of Palkia sprinkled in. Yeah. 30% win percentage. That's so bad. It's just not going to do well against against the Cram decks. And yeah. it's going to get one-shotted by these Giratinas. So, no, I think Ice Rider Palkia is not in a great spot. Now, only six people play it. Maybe they were six really bad players, Austin. Maybe, Maybe if so. you would have been that seventh. So, I would have been the best. <laughs> if you would have been the best of all of them. 
the best of the worst. So now we're going to look at another late night series. So that was one tournament. I wanted to look at some more data sets to see if I see something consistent. Uh, this tournament over here, the overall percents of success should be a little different because we had less people playing in the tournament. So overall, we're going to see you know, a higher percent make top 16 since I'm still just looking at top 16. So more so at the end, as I go through the data, we're looking at like how the decks fared compared to each other. Each other. So here in the top 16, the first place was a Giratina. Second place, once again, a Palkia Inteleon. Third place, a Comfey Cram, then a Mew, then a Kyurum, then a Cram again, then a Palkia, just a pure Palkia, then a Palkia Inteleon, then Palkia Kyurum, Palkia Kyurum, Mew, a Inteleon Arceus, another Giratina, another Cram deck, and then here's that Inteleon box the one that was featured on our episode today, Inteleon Box with Radiant Zard. This is the one, the one person who played it, who actually used all of those tech cards that were mentioned. And then last, we have another Palkia Kyrum. So this this tournament, we had a decent amount of Kyrums. However, I wanted to see what you know how many people actually played them. So it did a little better overall. Crams in this tournament, 40 people played a Cramorant deck. And three of them made top 16. So that's 7.5% of those people who played it made top 16. Again, these numbers are going to be higher than the previous tournament because there's less people in this tournament. This one was a little under 300 and the other one was like four, a little over 400. Uh, Giratina, two people played Giratinas and that was, oh sorry, two people made top 16 out of 26. That's 7.6%. Palkia, three people made top 16. 30 people played it. So that is 10% success rate on the Palkia. Uh, the Kyrums, four people made top 16. 25 played it. 16% of people who played that one in this tournament actually made top 16. So that deck oh, okay. had a pretty good, they had a good performance here. Mew VMAX, though, continues to be consistent. Three people made top 16. 21 people only played it, so 14% success rate for the Mew players. So two tournaments in a row, we're seeing consistency from Mew being a high performer. Uh, Charizard Inteleon Box, one person made it out of five who played an Inteleon Box, so that's 20%. However, I'm not even going to count it. The data is irrelevant because only one person played that type of an Inteleon Box. The others were old school Inteleon Box, single prize decks. So 100%. 100%. 100% of players are playing. Rogue deck of the week. That's 100%. how Rogue deck of the week. That's how data works, right? We choose the data that we like and ignore the data that we don't like. And lastly, Arceus and Teleon, one person made top 16 out of eight people that played it, so that's 12.5% success rate. Mm -hmm. So, as I kind of look at these tournaments back and forth, Cram seems to kind of mirror similar numbers. This one should have been a little higher because the numbers were smaller. So if we take that number, reduce it by, say, 25%, we're down sitting around right under that 6% mark, which is how it did last tournament. We reduce, you know, Mu by that, by 25%. You're sitting like 11% instead of 10%. So still very consistent. Palkia, still very consistent numbers, you know, between the two tournaments, Palkia sitting somewhere like five to eight percent, somewhere in that range, six, seven, similar to Cram. 
but the rogue deck of the week would still be would still be yeah that would still be a hundred no matter what one of one (laughs) (laughs) one of one so Uh, i don't know man you tell me your thoughts on it is it the new shiny toy are these decks actually way better than everything we've had i feel like palkia and the data still and mew still shine as top decks that people should be considering playing no, I'm happy to see that Reggie's um, in this last one pool of data that four people played and it had like a 33 win percentage. <laughs> yeah, it was that, so that Reggie's is, it but, was so um, bad. Reggie's is, I don't know. But anyway, no, so no, not individually. None of these shiny new toys are really threatening to the meta or have shaped the meta. But collectively, you know, we got to look at, you know, if we lumped them all together. Yeah, it's it's changed the meta, and it's a good thing. I think now people are playing with the shiny new toys, but I don't think they're likely to revert back um, with the impending you know rotation or just. The, I think this is such a big shift that I don't really see many people going back to Mew. Um, really, even it, with the, with the new season starting, you don't think they're going to pick the the tried and true? I don't know. I think maybe like really good players will. I think when we yeah. go to regionals, we'll see a lot of Mew still hanging around because it's really good. So Mew is still definitely a threat to tech for. But collectively, no, I think you should definitely be aware of all of these decks um, and try to find broad answers to them. Um, you know, one that would maybe catch two of the new decks or whatever it may be. So, but no, I don't really, I, I don't think Giratina, uh, you know, cram. It's really fun to watch people play it. But I don't like, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I don't like the Lost Zone. It's just gimmicky. It's a new mechanic. You know, we've seen it come and go. We saw it with mm. Lost March and it was not really good when it came out. You know, I just, I don't really like it, you know. So I don't really want to flock to it just because I have some kind of bias held towards it. But <laughs> I just, I, I I'm know. having trouble imagining going to the regional next weekend and seeing. 16% of the meta share or more being a cram come fade deck. I'm having trouble like imagining all of these players actually committing to playing yeah. that deck at the regional, like we're seeing in these I, online tournaments, multiple tournaments said, in a row. You said it before, like people are just comfy here, you know, they're just kind of fucking off. So I, I, I agree with you. Um, and you know, the data shows and if they, they, you know break it down like you did they, they'll they'll see that this is not not the deck to play so i think we'll see a lot of more like entry-level players bring this in because it's what they're playing online mm-hmm. and just looking on the surface level they're like oh this is the deck you know and it's, it's, and it's affordable as hell deck. like it's absolutely yeah. a cheap deck to buy and build this is probably one of the cheapest single prize mm-hmm. decks like ever if you would have got yeah. this before the hype of this like these last two tournaments Man, those come phase like after release were like forty cent cards. Now they're like a dollar fifty. But even that—that's your most expensive card—is like a dollar fifty. You know what's crazy? What? I, I hate to say it, but you know, kind of where's where's Soul Rock Loon Tone and all this? Is it is it's it gone, another? Man. It's just not even like being played. It's just gone. There's it's a lot of stuff wind. just kind of gone, man. As we look at this share of what people are playing, they're just. They just forgot. Now I will say this: Cram is way better than Soul Rock Lunato. Sorry, oh, absolutely. It, it's it's a better Definitely. deck. <laughs> and yeah, I don't I don't know what else to say about it. I don't, I don't think it's I think there's lots of decks that will have answers to Cram. I still feel like we're going to see more Arceus than these tournaments are showing. 
when I go to regional, mm-hmm. I'm having trouble believing that I'm only going to see like a 5% RCS meta share. I, I just can't fathom that. No, no, absolutely not. Because I mean, RCS, it's just too fucking good. This, Especially I mean, RCS and Teleon with all the Sharons. Like that can get around the crams. That's fine. Yeah. It just never got, I don't know. You, it's just new shiny toys. That's all it is. But there's a lot of them. Um, we were kind of wrong, I think, in that we weren't excited about a lot of these decks. You know, we weren't flocking to buy them, but other people obviously were. Yeah. So, and yeah. well, I will say this the set brought us a lot of archetypes that are at least good. Like, they're not like all going to be better than what we have. And the problem was that the stuff we had was just so good. When you mm-hmm. give us stuff like Mew and Palkia. And Arceus, it's very hard to create something better than that and to make people want it. Like, obviously, people wanted to play. They they want to play Kyrum with Palkia because they're flocking out to play it. Mm-hmm. But the data is still showing that Palkia and Teleon is the better variant of that deck. But people want to play with the new thing. But I don't think it made it better, at least not yet. Maybe people will crack away to make it better. But we just had such good stuff. Yeah. I don't think Giratina's it either. No. It will stay. I mean, after we lose some of these cards, it may, you know, see a resurgence. Like, we don't see Darkrai really here at all. Yeah. And all these other previous, you know, these were supposed to be new decks. So, I don't know. They're just not sticking. And I think until a lot of these good cards, you know, good archetypes go away, these, you know, the ones that they're just not going to stick. Now, in some smaller tournaments, a couple days before this, like hundred some people tournaments, I've seen a Samurott make top 16. I've seen a Darkrai make top 16. I feel like right now there is such a vast spread because as the meta becomes more and more spread, some of these niche decks are kind of finding a weird place where maybe they actually perform well when the meta is like incredibly spread out and diverse. Yeah. Maybe maybe Darkrai doesn't fit in a meta filled with Arceus and Teleon and Palkia, but maybe it does fit in a meta when we have Giratina and Zorark and some of these other guys. I don't know. But all of a sudden, as the meta becomes more diverse, it seems like we're seeing a lot of decks poke their head into the top 16. Right. And I wanted to say this too, right now when we're in such a, like a big shakeup in the meta or it's, it's a new season or whatever, I, you know, um, this is the time if you've taken a break or maybe you've slipped away from the card game and you wanted to get back. Now is the time I would, I would, I would argue that now is the best time to do it because you're not necessarily at a disadvantage playing against people that have all this experience playing with all the the majority of the meta, you know, like there's obviously going to be people that are really good, but this, this I think gives you a fair shot when you're trying to get back and, you know, trying to jump into the game again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, man, I think we've exhausted this topic. We'll see what comes out officially at Peoria since next weekend, that will be our first legal regional with these new cards. Let's see if this data is supported. If crams come out, and uh, all these other new archetypes, or if everyone goes back to the old faithfuls. But let's get into some Rogue Radar.
All right, man. So um, last episode, we talked about a bunch of products that were coming out that we disliked or liked or, you know, we were kind of excited. And we've got more coming out that I want to talk about. And we talked about specifically one I wanted you to bring up the points was the RCS V-Star box and usually the implication it has on the price of the playable card where it makes the singles maybe a little bit more affordable or you know accessible and that's really what i wanted to talk about because we've got four v-star premium boxes coming out either november 1st or quarter four of 2022 which is like october i don't i don't know what pokemon's fiscal years are Mm -hmm. like when they started and all that so anyway so we see these coming out really soon so there's four there's four that are coming out we got shaman v-star we got Darkrai V-Star, Dialga V-Star, and Hisuian Zoroark V-Star. And I'm excited because these are two of these archetypes, or even three, are ones that I've wanted to play with. Um, and no, I'm not going to go and buy these boxes because that would just be silly and not the best way to achieve the cards. But I'm most excited about playing Darkrai, as we kind of mentioned before. I think that one's going to have a lot of longevity and a, a lot of future metas. And it's a, it's, it's a play style that I have not played in a long time. Um, furthermore, Dialga always seems kind of cool, but I'm not going to pay for the cards, you know. But if this brings the if it brings the price point down to something that's pretty mm-hmm. manageable or something that I can justify, you know, yeah, I'm great. I'm happy for it to see it around. And then Hisuian Zoroark, we're seeing this as a heavy contender, and I honestly, um, you know, I like to see heavily played cards get into the hands or be more accessible. Um, I don't think Pokemon. I hate it, you know, back in the days with like when Picaron first came out and like to play a good deck was like $200. Yeah. Um, I think Hisuian sure. Lark seeing all the, you know, whether it's successful or not, but seeing the level of play that it is, it's nice to see that's going to be attainable. And the fact that people could buy these boxes. Yeah. But people are going to be buying these boxes and the singles are just going to be, you know, flooding everyone's trade binders or hopefully make them a little bit more accessible. So I just wanted yeah. to, you know, briefly, these are coming out and, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm most excited about Dark Rye, the V-Star Premium Collection box, because I'm not going to buy any of those boxes. <laughs> but I will pick up some singles, and I've been monitoring for them, and I haven't really seen, you know, I can't really attribute a price drop with the announcement of these coming out, but I feel like, you know, I'm monitoring them, and I'm just waiting for them to get to a mm-hmm. price point where I can buy my playset. Do, do you know what's coming in the boxes? How many of each uh, of these cards? Like, the, is it like a V V Star combo? Is yeah. It just... So it's the same thing. It's the same thing. That's what the V Star Premium Collection box is. Um, all of them are standard, where they're eight eight booster packs. Mm-hmm. Um, the his, you know, the V beforehand, and then the fucking V Star, and gotcha. the oversized promo. So, for like forty dollars you know, or whatever. Probably Something I didn't like even that, look at the yeah. price. Probably probably forty dollars, maybe twenty nine ninety nine. No, that'd be nah, that'd be too good. I wish that's what they should. Good. We've talked about this. That's what they should yeah. be charging. Yeah, give us a little value added, motherfucker. Yeah. So anyway, not excited about the products. I'm just I'm excited about the implication of these products coming out, so that all the fools can go out and buy these cards. You know, yep, yep. If you're buying them for your kids. That's cool. That's a different thing. But if you're just going out and buying these because you're a grown adult. Who you don't want to wait for the shipping. <laughs> you don't want to yeah. wait for it, right? So you just go out and buy it. <laughs> yeah, just go out and buy it now. So I'm just excited, mostly for Dark Rye V-Star. I want to play that deck. I wonder what they cost right now. They can't be too much. 
I don't know. Let's look it up. Let's look it up yeah, while we're look, here. Look that one up. I just got Dark Rivies and like Dialga's man don't take it only takes like a two two line to play that deck. Yeah. I don't uh, I don't know. I, I'm indifferent about that one. But I like picked up a two two of them like not all at once, just like as time went on, as I saw them for like cheap prices, like at a regional, I picked up mm -hmm. one copy of one and it was like when they weren't popular. I kind of picked up pieces as I went. Now I have a 2-2 two -two line, but I've never bought them at like a an expensive price. I don't think I've ever spent more than like six on a V-Star. Are you, I forget now, I guess we haven't ordered anything in a while. Are you more like um, TCG player or are you back on TCG player or are you still? Yeah, I pretty much those? just use TCG player now. Yeah, so it's twelve fifty for a Dark Ride V-Star right now. Really? That's crazy. Yeah, and so we, yeah, so that's that's pricey. That's still that's out of my price point. So yeah, that's that is hard to imagine, man. I know with it getting you know with just it's crazy. So and maybe we'll trade some you know some people for them as they go. But uh, yeah, I wonder why. I guess people they're probably buying them up right now, planning something for the regionals because they don't know what's going to be good yet. Like, no one really knows. We've seen the darker I have some success, but people aren't playing it. So I guess we'll know. Now, guys. We'll know after we'll know after Peoria if it's good or not, you know? Then it will shoot up or shoot down. All right. So I'm taking a, another glance at it, too. And so we're seeing market price is actually around $12 on the V-Star. Mm -hmm. um, and the Vs are at a dollar 20 so yeah they're real cheap but the v-star is still i mean you need a decent amount of them right for a deck probably like four three mm -hmm. for that's that just deck. being cheap but i mean honestly yeah. like that's that's kind of at my price point you know i would yeah. say so but it's going to be it's not going to be a good investment if you're worried about investing in the yeah. cards that you're going to be bending as you play with them but you know they're going to only only get lower with these these v-star boxes coming out but true true i don't know man i, I would I don't know. Maybe we don't have to wait. This is kind of at my price point, to be honest. <laughs> it's like 40 um, bucks and you got yourself a 4-3 line. Yeah, because I've got all the other shit I need for yeah. it. So There you go. Just for the hell of it. Treat yourself yeah, to a know. Dark Rive V-Star. Right. <laughs> I bought the pieces. Uh, they just came in the mail this week for Samurai. Finally, they, really? were, they were low enough that I was like, you know what? I'm just going to fucking buy the rest of the set. Because I was like... I almost had all the Samurai pieces. I almost had all the Dialga. So shit was cheap. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to finish these. So yeah, I got to show you this real quick. I meant to show you this like two weeks ago. This is like all but, shit. <laughs> we're like recording just, a pod right now in Austin. So yeah, just check out my cards, man. <laughs> well, like, I, this is like, what do you got here? Fucking ultra rares and like rares and shit. Is that, that what you like, pulled out of your binder? Yeah, they just need to go. Doing some, so. some fall cleaning. I mean, this is, I, I don't know. What'd you say? That's good, like uh three. Yeah, it's like I don't know, three, four three inches, inches. Yeah. Of uh of ultra rares Austin has pulled out of his binder. Well man I need to go. We made it to the end of the episode. If you made it to the end of this episode, we greatly appreciate you. Please take a second to give us that five-star review. Pokeworld wants to hear from you and build a community together. Hit us up with your thoughts about rogue decks, misplays, and how to avoid being a dick. As always, join us on the Discord. Link is in the description.
Later. See you guys.